You're listening to The Watchers, a show where two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch TV about New Jersey. I'm Andrea. And I'm Jody. And this season, we're talking about the Showtime series, Yellow Jackets. And today, we're recapping season two, episode four, Old Wounds. It is a big day here for two reasons. <laughs> One is my podcast within a podcast, Hatch Watch 96. We've got big news this episode. Uh, but before we get into that, we have our first guest. Um, Josh Gondelman is a writer and comedian. He's worked on shows like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He also served as a head writer and executive producer on Jesus and Marrow. He's the author of Nice Try, Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results, uh, which is just a collection of really lovely and hilarious essays. One of which was, uh, Jody. one of the first things you and I bonded over, I think, <laughs> last year. He debuted his comedy special, People Pleaser, uh, which was produced by Comedy Dynamics. And that means you can watch it just about anywhere. It's for free on YouTube right now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 everywhere. And you should watch it. It's wonderful and so, so funny. He's also, I should add, a Yellow Jackets fan. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Josh Gondelman. Hi, hello. Hello. Thank you for, for having me. Um, buzz buzz, as it were. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I love to talk Yellow Jackets. Super excited. It's such a... The show has like struck such a chord with Andrea and I, and so every time I find out someone else is into Jello jackets, I'm like, oh yes, instantly I understand you. <laughs> I I honestly wish more people were talking about it because yeah. I felt like season one I had found kind of a um, vocal community of fans, and then in the I guess little over a year, right, probably yeah. fourteen or fifteen months since the season one finale, I've like forgotten who that is <laughs> and so it's and with like twitter kind of disintegrating mm -hmm. it feels like a much more difficult experience to have um yeah that is one of the big sads of twitter becoming what it's become is like those you know live watching communities yeah. on like a sunday night when suddenly everybody is like you know, on Succession or Yellow Jackets or something. And the only the only problem with Yellow Jackets, and I hope they don't stop doing this, it does make for less of a unified viewing experience. But I, I like that they put the episodes out on Fridays mm -hmm. on demand. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of watch it through the weekend. But Although as someone in their 40s, being, feeling like I need to watch something when it drops at midnight is very <laughs> stressful for me. Oh, yeah. I, it ruins the whole day ne the next day, but I sometimes have to do it. We did. We watched this week's episode Friday evening at about seven thirty, and that did it. The, no, I hadn't seen anyone else talk about it, but the, I mean, it's also. I think Yellow Jackets in succession this season premiered same day, same yeah. time. So like, I'd rather have this opportunity to watch flexibly than have it just get kind of like wiped out by mm -hmm. succession enthusiasm on the timeline. So. This is better, but I still kind of wish like, oh, I wish it were like 10 o'clock on Sundays or they just staggered <laughs> it. Yeah. 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 No, It what it leads to is me watching the episode at 1230 in the morning on melatonin for the first yep. time every time. <laughs> yep. And that's a different experience. Yeah, it's totally. Probably not what they intended. No, yeah, but I imagine it kind of like gives you that dreamy Yellow Jackets quality that so many of the sequences share. Yeah, I often wonder the next day, like what part of it was real and what I, uh, I hallucinated half asleep on the. And then which the characters hallucinated. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like unreliable narrators all over the place. A turducken of, um, <laughs> of, uh, fantasy. Yes, yes. 
Exactly. It is. I'm so Jody brought the show to me in January. I didn't see any of the first season. I somehow missed oh, okay. it, despite being uh, obsessed with New Jersey and the 90s and being a queer woman from Jersey. It is. I don't know how I missed it, um, but I watched all of the first season in two days and then I watched all <laughs> wow. of it with COVID. Um, oh. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, it was uh, it was a perfect viewing experience for yeah. the show. But so this is my first time watching it episode by episode every week and it's also the first show i've watched this way i think maybe since lost which i know is the show everybody compares this one to sure 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 but it it i think it like demands is a hard word to use but i think it like inspires that kind of viewing right like yeah and, and i'm glad i'm especially glad that it didn't wasn't released on like a bingier model mm -hmm. no. because i think it would come in, i i would not have watched it probably and that's just because i very rarely watch like a full season of tv Absolutely. that like over a weekend mm -hmm. especially yeah. a drama like an hour-long drama and so my inclination is like well i guess the tides have washed that <laughs> yeah, away for me exactly. like everybody watched it three weeks ago and i missed it and now it's gone and now it's gone yeah. forever for me yeah same this would have been a rough like like I did a rewatch of this in a couple of days to get mm -hmm. ready for this season. For I got watched season one in a couple of days, and it's a lot. Yeah, it's really heavy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's emotional. It. There are. I I feel like there are things that keep me in it because I'm to to return to something that you alluded to earlier. I'm incredibly squeamish. Yes. Um, and I'm easily... I wanted to ask you about this because I have a hard time with horror normally. It's it's tough. I, I also have a hard time with horror and I have a hard time with moments of this show. But I feel like the it rarely kind of like revels in the gore in a way or like surprises you with gore. Like I think you're, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this bad thing's about to happen. Oh, it happened and it yeah. looks bad. And <laughs> yeah. so like that kind of helps me too um yeah. and, and, and it's nothing against heart it's just like not for me no. I'm too easily shaken up <laughs> and so um yeah I I it it could be I, so I would definitely not it's not a show that I'm inclined to watch like three episodes of in a row we watched the first half of season one pretty quickly mm -hmm. but it still I think was like maybe one episode a day for the first you know because we found it like midway through season one mm -hmm. and then maybe watch yeah. two in a night to catch up right. so we could start watching live um but yeah i i do think there have been more stressful shows that i've watched like i found breaking bad the structure of each episode mm -hmm. of that show to yeah. be like and to end on maximum stress and yes. so that was always like very emotionally uh, taxing and yeah. then the one that I couldn't finish and this is this might be surprising because it's not a gore thing at all is I had real trouble and this show is so well done and it's a testament to how good it is that I had trouble just like plumbing my own emotional depths week after week was I recently tried to watch um Halt and Catch Fire oh, oh I, yeah I got like a season and a half in and I just found the way that the characters were like constantly sabotaging themselves mm -hmm. and each other <laughs> and like creating these like horrible emotional entanglements and driving wedges between 
themselves and each other was like so harrowing to me yeah. Yeah. that I, I like I got a season and a half in and was like, I can't, I got to tap out. This just is like excruciating because it's so yeah. well drawn. Right. Well, and with something like Breaking Bad, there's like no release valve. Yes. Like there's occasional moments of like Jesse being Jesse. Yep. But there's not like this is the thing Andrew and I have talked about a bunch, which is the mixture of like 90s camp with like actual interpersonal trauma and like relationships that 90s camp is the thing that makes it possible for me to watch it yeah there's a real puncturing of tension um in in addition to the creating you know and and i think a show like breaking Bad kind of ratchets it's up and up and it's less i think even the moments of levity on that show are less a release of tension and more like a respite if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah like like you get a very fun Walt and Saul scene and that like gives you a little break from the intensity of it but it never deflates yeah. right what what it's building to in a way that like I think is just a different successful way to do things you mm-hmm. know but I yeah. do think with something this intense where it's like cannibalism and <laughs> um and you know like murder yeah. and it, it is and like attempted abortions in the woods like yeah, that I mean, totally that to me was the hardest scene to watch all yeah. over like yep. that was worse than Jackie's the feast yes, of Jackie <laughs> totally and that um and I think that because it's it's so gruesome, like mm-hmm. the the intensity gets so gory and gruesome. It is nice to have a moment like there's no book club. <laughs> yeah, and like, exactly. And they like really big laughs. There have been a few. I mean, like even this season with um Misty and what's his name Walter Todd. What's it Walter? But it going could like, be Todd. It's like kind of the same like, thing. Hit him! Todd. Hit him now! <laughs> yes. It's like so funny, and it, it is like a real release from like oh, this thing they're doing is so intense. And then she's just like so over the top about it. And it's really fun. Well, and like that cheesy montage in this episode, which I'm sure we'll get to, of the two of them with the split screen. Oh, yeah. Both getting ready for bed. Like, it was just so silly. Like, I think there's been, I've heard some complaints that the show is sort of uneven in tone, but I've argued that it's actually very purposeful, that they're kind of alternating between those two things. Yes. So. Yes, I, I think that is, and I don't find it to be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like, I find, right. I, it seems like it's, um, you know, it's like a, a mint chocolate chip ice cream where you're like, oh, <laughs> the chocolate chips don't make the ice cream inconsistent mm-hmm. in texture. They right. add a different texture to it. Every now where, and then you need to crunch on something. Yeah, exactly. And I do I do think, I'm, I'm trying to think, there's a show that we watched recently where I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling right mm-hmm. now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know... I, I wish I could remember what it was, but it just felt so. Like, was it the Watcher? It was not the Watcher, <laughs> but that I um I think I I saw just snippets of that while my wife was watching it. Um, but but like there was a show that was like I'm like I don't know how seriously I'm supposed to take the serious parts. I don't know if these parts that I think are funny are mm-hmm. supposed to be funny and campy, or if if it's like kind of a swing and a miss right. at like heightened drama. But I think Yellow Jackets. I think this season even more than last has like a handle on what it wants the audience to mm-hmm. be feeling. It's a show. It feels to me, I don't know if this is just something that because I'm so invested in the like nineties of the whole thing yeah. um, that I want this to be the case, but it feels to me in tone a lot like those like movies, like um, I, I think I've said on the podcast, even something like death becomes her sure. or serial mom or mm-hmm. those shows where they can be really like 
dark and gruesome, but also really aware of the comedy and letting both of those things kind of carry equal weight. Um, and I think we don't see that as often anymore. And maybe that's why people who are either a little younger or, you know, aren't as interested in that those kinds of those kinds of movies, why it feels a little uneven to them. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is like I'm, I've I've assigned uh, Andrea to watch the movie Heather's um, sure. as One research for our show. <laughs> um, but it's that same kind of thing. Like it's the dark comedy plus gruesomeness plus like some really really silly moments mm -hmm. yeah and i think it all works together pretty harmoniously mm -hmm. i think there will i'm sure we'll get to it once, once we start but there there are some points where i'm like ooh, i wonder where this element is what these elements are building towards mm -hmm. but i think tonally i'm i'm so rarely like Ooh, is this supposed to be scary or fun it's like fun right. scary and like right. scary <laughs> fun and like yeah, yeah it, it yeah it it I don't know what about it brings this out of me, but it like makes me understand what people enjoy about horror. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, for whatever reason, where I'm like, ooh, I like the tension, and I like mm -hmm. the how not necessarily the like physical gore. It, again, that's not like the appeal for me, right. but it's I get why it's there, and I like the um. You're right. I like the tension. I like the release. I like the like, ooh, like edge of your seat feel. <laughs> and and it's, yeah, I, I think they do that really well. And it's so rare that they, that you're like, oh, they really biffed this choice. Yeah. Like they tried yeah. to make this scary and it turned out stupid. Or like they tried to make this funny and it ended up like too real. Yeah, I think yeah. they're really on it. Like Misty giving, Misty doing the speech from, um, <laughs> steel magnolias as like a baby shower gift is like that's exactly it right like it's like that i died they're kind of losing their minds and like yeah. making these weird teenage choices mm -hmm. yep at their wits ends and uh and it's like really like that's funny but then you come back and they're all like wow that was really good and like it is campy yeah. right that they like actually came around and enjoyed it but that's yeah. part of the pleasure of mm -hmm. the show I think yeah absolutely and it's a much more interesting choice than another round of like oh misty again <laughs> exactly right? like it's very fun to watch her take this like big swing and then have the girls kind of like oh what's she doing and then like wow that was so beautiful <laughs> right absolutely yeah. Should we jump and, in? To yeah, we should like probably jump in because I could talk about the sure, sure. Generally <laughs> yes, forever. sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I've, as not having been on the other episodes, I'm just like happy to talk. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, we we try to do like a general recap, but then also go off on all of these fun tangents. So feel cool. free to yeah, great. Um, yes, tangents are are welcome. Do you want to kick off ninety six, Shodi? Oh boy. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> We're at the cabin. Apparently, they have eaten the birds, which yes. I wasn't sure they were going to because they all died like relatively mysteriously uh, and mysteriously. ominously yeah. a bunch of birds falling out of the sky onto a roof is like that's not like you're not like oh dinner's ready yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> under right. most circumstances yeah i mean but if you just ate your friend maybe you are yeah well yes. the fact that they ate them and as far as we know haven't gotten sick does take one yeah. of our theories off the table in terms of or at least it i'm not sure but our our thought that maybe there's some uh environmental disease happening in the area because mm -hmm. it seems that the birds were right. affected by that at least or like sure. a mining thing although i don't i don't know that either of us knows enough science <laughs> I, I know that i don't in fact <laughs> yeah so they're at the cabin there's a fun little shot of i think it's ben with like a little bird head in his cup mm -hmm. which is 
lovely. I think this scene is really just kind of setting up that the divisions are building and building and building. And Mari is sniping at Ben. Mari is making herself less and less enjoyable to be around every single day. I'm still, I still have a lot of fondness for Mari. I'm one of the, the few left, but I mean, I, I get her. I think they're setting her up, though, to be like less and less likable every time we see her. Um, but this is what leads to the challenge of the day, which is really the only focus of 96 is the let's send out Nat and Lottie to, to hunt and see who comes back with game, which there's one gun. And that's like. Who was it? Mari says like, oh, but Lottie doesn't need a Lottie gun. Lottie doesn't and, need a gun. No. Yeah, and Lottie's like, I don't. <laughs> she told the birds. <laughs> yeah. And well, there's there's another th- there's another slight thread that has a huge payoff in this that's that's not related to this challenge, right? But let's let's see the challenge. <laughs> well, it's I mean we could say now are we're talking about the missing bear meat? Is that? Oh, I was gonna say the the van and Thaisa yeah. van following Thaisa on her like midnight rambles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Her midnight rambles. Yeah, no. So those are kind of the two threads that are happening, right? Like it seems like actually just to touch on the midnight ramble for a second, because it does seem like Van is now like they're working together to map this thing. Well, I don't know that they're working together. I don't think Ty it seems to me that Ty has not said, When I wake up, you should follow me. I think yeah. Ty would prefer that when she wakes up, Van like ties her back down and says, "Go back to sleep." Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think she's not. She doesn't seem like an enthusiastic participant yeah, no. in the mapping. Like when Van is like, "Oh, let's go to this last point on the map," right? So mm-hmm. Van is Ty is taking her out to these inadvertently going to all all these points where the symbol has been etched right. into trees and such and it it makes a bigger symbol on this map that van has overlaid onto ben and nat's map and she finds right. like okay here's this one place that we have to go to and ty feels very um reluctant i mm-hmm. think to like pursue this as as a um part of a, it feels related to her mistrust of the supernatural Absolutely. as manifested in Lottie mm-hmm. and like all these other little like things that like yeah. might be signs or might just be coincidences. And so Ty, I think is very much like, I not only do I think this is nothing, but more than that, I hope this is nothing. Yeah. I wonder if it has to do something with, you know, she seems to have been haunted by this kind of stuff her whole life mm-hmm. and is, has been fighting it. Mm-hmm. Like the seeing the man with no eyes, you know, when her grandma was dying, like, mm-hmm. It just seems like this is not something she's just now pushing away, but she's been doing it her whole life. Of like, yeah. This isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't real. Yep. Well, and it's Agreed. interesting to look at her and Lottie together because Lottie also, I think we see in this episode, especially she's, I had thought that we were going to find Lottie to really lean into this role and that adult Lottie was kind of an uh, outgrowth of that. Um, yeah. But Lottie is also pretty reluctant when she goes out into, into the woods here. She's, like, you know, she stops and tries to commune with a symbol mm-hmm. on the tree. And she's like, ah, oh, fuck me. Because she knows it's, or it's not that she knows it's fake. She's, like, clearly struggling with that, with whether or not she also wants it to be to be real and to work. Yeah, it seems like the scope of the kind of supernatural, talismanic um, power that the, that some of the other Yellow Jackets um, want to believe she has like it seems like she believes that she's capable of some kind of spiritual 
psychological aid, right, mm, for yeah. the other teammates, but that they, there is a faction that believes her to be capable of, like, more than that right. and, yeah. and intentionally manifesting more than that. And Causing she, the death of hundreds of birds. <laughs> yeah, making the bear kneel down in front of her. And mm-hmm. she seems to be, this is kind of the first time that we see that she's, like, kind of uncomfortable with that, right? And it's yeah. like, ooh, I don't think this is all my purview in the way that like I I think like blessing the hunt feels like a kind of thing that she does because she thinks it's like a good luck charm or maybe Mm -hmm. she has like and something like an OCD compulsion Mm -hmm. to do it but this other stuff she's like oh no this is this is above my pay grade (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) to just go out hunting without a gun Mm -hmm. she's the first person to me who has looked suitably cold outside though for the first time yeah which other than Jackie (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. This is, like you said, Andrew, this is the first time we're starting to see the weight of the faith of the others kind of, like, landing on her a little heavily. Mm -hmm. Like, Mari is, this is why I say, like, Mari's getting kind of ramped up, is, like, she's a true acolyte at this point. She's like, no, Lottie doesn't need a gun. Lottie Lottie will come back. Lottie will save us. And it's like, Lottie's a, what, 17-year-old girl? Like wandering in the woods touching trees and hoping it does something like yeah i don't know man so nat and lottie both the hunt is not successful for either of them yeah we see them so they're out in the woods uh lottie comes across one of the stumps one of the magic stumps and i think is this the first time we see a full like intentional blood offering from her like this as opposed to like when she smacks her head into the window or or something like that well she's been putting her blood in the tea that's true that's true right 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 which is as a as a squeamish person you're not drinking i thought you were gonna say as a vegan for some reason (laughs) it's really unethical yeah no as a squeamish person i could do without these scenes to be completely honest with you (laughs) but i understand their purpose um but this is, a, I think, the first time we see her on her own, like, right. not necessarily, like, performing it for someone, but just trying to do something to make this, like, magic yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it seems like she's, they've they've decorated this stump with some, some like, trinkets or, you know, offerings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... Oh, wasn't it where, because she, she ends up where the, the prop plane had been downed, mm-hmm, right? Right. So I wonder if that was partly like a memorial. Oh. Yeah, that's possible. Huh. It's so hard to know. There's so many like stumps. I <laughs> yeah, there's so many stumps. I wish we had a clear um image of that map. I love, yeah. I love maps. And <laughs> I, I just would like to see a better sense of where we're where we are and where they're going in the mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe we'll get that soon. Yeah. 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 And it seems like they're just kind of learning. Like, I think it's yeah. one interesting thing about it, right, is that Lottie truly doesn't know where she's going yeah. in the way that, like, Van kind of does now have a mm-hmm. a map, like a physical map. But, like, in her head, she's been all these places now in a way that Thaisa also instinctually seems to know where she's going, yeah. but, like, practically doesn't. And then there's the um, Nat and Travis mapping. So, mm-hmm. like, and then Ben who doesn't experience the woods really anymore, but like knows the layout from these Mm -hmm. maps. So it's like an interesting feeling of like us, the audience being out in the woods with the yellow jackets who know where they're going versus the ones who like do not. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of them that just seem to never leave the cabin. Yeah. I wouldn't I would never leave. I would never leave. Absolutely not. You're you're no. That is man, what a fascinating thought and I don't this isn't fully formed but but you talking about those different kinds of maps and the different sort of like um pieces of the knowledge pie that each mm-hmm. character has and it feels it's one of those things this this scene or this little whatever with with Nat and Lottie out in the woods is a good example of how the kind of overlapping knowledge or or lack thereof um kind of gives us a bigger picture that they don't have so mm-hmm. Lottie makes the blood sacrifice and seemingly all nothing really happens. Yeah. Though at the exact same time, that's it seems to be, that's when Nat stumbles upon the moose frozen in the lake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew they weren't going to get that moose out of the <laughs> oh, lake. No. A moose is so big. Oh There's just God. no way they would generate the torque no. to bring it up above the ice without no. it caving in the ice. That's no. I mean, that's like... Two tons of wet moose, probably right. Like <laughs> a moose is as big part. as a yeah, cob. that's even heavier. Yeah, and yeah. and so that was an expedition that was doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. Seriously, well, and especially because they didn't have everybody. I don't know that if they had everybody, they could overcome it no. anyway. But no, they've been eating More birds and <laughs> a little too. bit of person. Yeah, <laughs> like they don't have their back. There's no way either. it was right. a bad. It look. No. I get why they tried. <laughs> yes, you have like, to try. Yeah, yeah. But... but you would have. They would have had to like drag the moose to the shore yeah crush like cracking up the pond on the way yeah. to get it close like they get best like a chance. crane yes yeah some kind of crane some kind of pulley system yeah but there's exactly. no there's no way that 10 of them on ice were no. gonna pull the moose up over that lip right. without no. dr- bringing them all in no not a no, chance no. i know i currently live in new england and uh I have yet to see a moose in person, but they are enormous. Where in so. New England? I live in Providence. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've been here a long time now. But Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was saying, literally, Andrea's drinking Dunkin' Donuts, and I am not, and that seems <laughs> Hell yeah. wrong. I drank um, mine already this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we've got them trying to pull the moose out of the lake, We've and then we've got um, Lottie's hallucination when she passes out from hypothermia. And we get the and hatch up, that I have been... The hatch. Andrew's been waiting for a hatch. For a hatch. It's just, it's a hatch show. You, you knew and it. This is, and here it is. This is all in her imagination, <laughs> yes. right? Because that plane blew up yes. memorably. Yes, yes. yes. Big time. Yes, one of the most memorable scenes of the first season, I think. Um, that was the other A, like, darkly comic explosion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. When, just like full cackle, but also just like, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. When Andrea was watching it for the first time, she was texting me the whole time with like reactions to it. And I was waiting for that moment. <laughs> for the plane to explode. <laughs> the plane to explode. Yeah. But of course, because they're from Jersey, her hallucination ends them up in <laughs> the mall. mall. <laughs> Do you think that was Paramus Park? If you had to guess what mall they were at, Jody? Mm. Um, it actually looked to me more like um, Garden State Plaza. Okay. It's a little bigger. Fancy. But uh, yeah, I don't think it was any of those. I think it was a place Yeah, I think they shot. Yeah, but. <laughs> but yeah, they end up in the mall. Um, and it's a similar hallucination in some ways to Jackie's before she died with everyone gathered around kind of greeting her. And um, but it's a feels a little more sinister mm-hmm. in some ways. There's not that warmth of like. They're kind of like almost laughing at her and teasing her about her uh, her 
shoplifting habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She felt she felt very estranged from the other yeah. teammates at the table, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except for except for Laura Lee, who is kind of like offering her food and then not letting her eat it and t- telling her she has to go back, which mm-hmm. I think that, you know, with the Jackie scene, Jackie drinks the hot cocoa right. and disappears into, well, yep. disappears. So Laura Lee pushes Lottie back and says, no, like you can't stay here. And I think that that's what keeps her alive. That consuming is that's super interesting, Jody. I didn't I didn't think about that at all. But it's very like this scene feels, you know, she I'm not saying anything like new here, but she goes down the rabbit hole like they're they're having like a kind of like mad tea party, bad like tea party experience there. The her not eating is such a like how many stories like that are like, don't eat the food in whatever weird mystical land you end up or you'll be stuck there forever. And Mm -hmm. Jackie does and dies, obviously not because she, but you know, symbolically. Yeah. And And there's another interesting element of this hallucination is that the music is the theme song to the show, which is like a a very specific choice Mm -hmm. because it's not a motif that like comes up all the time. Uh, on the score as far as I know it feels very Mm -hmm. much like you're watching something that's not real now yeah yeah Um, Yeah. and they've done other they've had other ways of kind of indicating that here and there but not I don't there's no like there is the VCR skipping device that they do sometimes that comes up but I think that there isn't necessarily always an indicator of what's real and what's not Mm -hmm. and so this was very much like this is not real. The <laughs> right. show's music is playing in this mall. This is not Lottie manifesting something. This isn't like, right. Uh, right. This is not a supernatural thing. This is like her seeing something that is fully hallucinogenic, hallucinatory. Yeah, totally. Totally. I loved that when I picked up the the sound of the soundtrack <laughs> coming through the mall speakers. I thought for the cool. first couple of seconds it was like a Muzak kind of like Molly version of it, mm-hmm. which I thought was really funny, but then it quickly becomes this really even more haunting. The um, Alanis than, uh... Morissette cover, right? Yeah, that's well, that what it was. plays over the opening mm-hmm. credits for, and I was reading apparently that's like a one off thing. Yeah. That Alanis, which is so cool, but such an odd choice. Like I've like never really heard of that before. Yeah. yeah. I hope. I hope they get singer-songwriters of the 90s to do it every week, like a Simpsons couch gag. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, was thinking of who I'd want, who else I would want to do this. No. Yeah. Well, because, like, you know, they had the Florence and the Machines cover of Just a Girl that was incredible. part of the promo for this yep. season, which was an incredible cover. Yeah, Andrew and I cover. talked about that. But, like, yeah, it would be cool to see, like, who else could do that. I mean, I... I just think that this show is like made for Veruca Salt to just mm-hmm. show up constantly. <laughs> like, I mean, it already did. We we heard Seether last week, but I I think that it would be interesting to hear their take on it. Yeah, agreed. So so she comes to, or doesn't even come to. She's rescued. Yeah, yeah. She's and they rescued. bring they bring her back to the cabin where Nat is being warmed in a tub. And Shauna goes into the other room, right? Says to Nat, she'll be right back. And then uh, Lottie shows up on death's door. Mm -hmm. And Nat is out of the tub, giving it to Lottie, fully dressed. Mm -hmm. And they have, like, a moment of, like, good game. (laughs) It's 
Good game. One of my favorite moments so of this sweet. series so far. She says, yeah, because it think... reminds you, this is like a competitive girl soccer team. Yeah. Yes. Like going to nationals. Like they actually have this other side of them mm-hmm. that they've built up over all these years. Yeah. I and love it's, that part. I, I One thing that I love about this episode and this season is that we're we're kind of seeing like these convergent paths for yes. Nat and Lottie yes. in in both timelines. We'll get to the second one. And yeah. then we're also seeing these weird parallel tracks of Thaisa and Lottie. Thaisa who cannot stop having these inexplicable uh, mystical experiences and Lottie who seems to be kind of like forcing and pretending at times mm-hmm. to be having these things and like intentionally generating cultivating yeah. them mm-hmm. and I think like those Lottie as like that kind of fulcrum for the other characters like relationships to themselves and each other and and the supernatural is like a really cool she's like a really cool spoke for that to all be yeah tangent to absolutely and I think even more so because she seems to be a reluctant smoke mm-hmm. well yes i think it's getting more and more interesting the like more lottie feels like enlisted into being like a navigator through the spirit realm right and um mm-hmm. and then it's getting more and more interesting and i think the play with that in this season feels like very in control or in season one i kind of maybe it wasn't the creators of the show doing this and maybe it was just like what the settling in was but i spent a lot of time being like what am I supposed to think about yeah. these supernatural things? Right. And now I feel like a lot more certain about where there's uncertainty and where there's like narrative certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that I, I like that kind of firm footing to be like, ooh, this feels like a question mark and this feels like I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And even if yeah. that flips at some point, I like not feeling out to sea. Yeah, I, I think that. I spend too much time on Reddit because of this show and I need to stop doing that. But um, there is that conversation of like, is it supernatural? Is it Mm -hmm. not? And I'm like, it could be both. It could be neither. It's like, let's just ride it out. And, you know, because I, I wouldn't feel like that if I didn't think that the the creators, like that we're in good hands. Yes. Like that. I feel like they are taking us somewhere. They know where they're taking us and they're not going to just leave things hanging that don't make any sense. Yes. And I feel like the, the beginning of season two kind of resolved some of my lingering season one, like what am I supposed to be thinking? And so I like that. And I, I'm like excited for the ride rather than like, give me answers now. And and I also think like no offense because I had so much fun. No offense to the Reddit community because I had so much fun reading like true deranged fan theory during season <laughs> yeah. one. But it also felt like the the show was not trying to like pay that off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't a the the zigs and the zag. Like the, when Jackie died of natural causes essentially i was like oh this makes so much more sense than all the like yeah ooh, jackie is in this other timeline and like right. the baby is jackie or you know <laughs> or, or callie is jackie or whatever and it's um callie is hobby yeah like, yeah yeah yeah, just, yeah um yeah. Oh, so that that's i just want i'm i'm taking us off on digressions again no, but please. that is i we do like the handling because i'm also i'm like a very i'm i'm like averse to kind of hallucinations and stuff in entertainment generally where I'm like just make it happen in the story like illustrate this with like what's actually happening to Mm -hmm. the characters um a lot of the time with a few exceptions I thought that 
the hallucination episode in the second season of Reservation Dogs. Uh, the mushrooms episode was really fun. Um, but oh my god, with Kirk Fox and they're, I love that show so like, much. It's great, but the, yeah. So this, I think, I like not having everything illustrated just through hallucination. Yeah, I think this show is why. I think there are a lot of people who were hurt by Lost and who are trying <laughs> to like make yes. this show atone for the crimes of Lost. Agreed. And it's not this show's job to do that. I think what's satisfying about the ambiguity in this show is that the girls are also struggling with it. And that's mm-hmm. why things are ambiguous for us as well. The show's not mm-hmm. trying to trick us or hide anything from us that the girls yeah. have access to. It's it's not. I, I do feel like there's a little hiding the ball occasionally that I'll get to later mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, enough. But um <laughs> there but the supernatural stuff really feels right, like right. it is part of the fabric of the show and not just an attempt to like forestall answering questions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well and it also feels so true to like if you actually think what it would be like to be 17 years old in yes. the nineties, trapped in the woods. We've talked about this. I would be making altars and like yep. coming up with like totally prayers and spells and everything yep. to try to make things better. Like I would absolutely be searching for some meaning in all of it, you know, for sure. So there's the one last thread from 96, right. Javi. That we do. Other than right. Javi, other than Ben becoming openly hostile to the yeah, yellow jackets about their eating people. I mean, I, I got to applaud him for finally just being like, you guys are fucking weird. Yeah, like, it's fucked up of you to do. Yeah. I mean, he's the one adult left and I think he's seeing it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, they're going to either eat me or kill me or I'm going to die. And yep. who knows? So I should have just stayed with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. in New Jersey. I, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, Paul. I know that we're going to get a couple more Paul moments, mm-hmm. um, which just as somebody who like moved to New York City in 99, the uh, apartment porn is is <laughs> I know. pleasant for me. I oh right, 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 because he lived in the city. Right, Ben was, yeah, ben, was that was the, the choice. City. Right, it was to yeah. move to the city with Paul, not yeah. in, to move out of New Jersey. Yeah, um, I was like speculating like what neighborhood he might be in, and yeah, yeah, I real friends vibes. So yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I lived in Astoria for most of my twenties, so yeah. I was like, I wonder, hmm, Brooklyn, Queens. Yeah, but. Who knows? Javi. Javi. Mm-hmm. I called it. <laughs> I said he was still alive. She knew it. You and Lottie both. I had no reason to think that, but. I kind of felt like when Nat went down the path of like trying to prove he was dead, I was like, ooh, yep, this is going to backfire because he's going <laughs> to yep. be alive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as Lottie was like, no, I think he's alive. I was like, okay, we've seen enough of Lottie's like premonitions pay off. Yeah. That, that I think that that's where this is going. But yeah, seeing him like running in the woods like an animal and having Ty and Van like chase him down, he looked terrified. Well, they find him. So Ty and Van has convinced Ty to look for what would be, I guess, like final symbol on the map. Yeah. And Ty is pretty um, like Van's ready to head back. Ty wants them to stay. And I think it's more so Ty can say, like, see, you thought we, really we were going to find yeah, it. We and looked at every nothing. tree. There was nothing here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they found it was like a warm patch of ground, right? With like yeah. gr- with like moss growing out where this yeah. uh, from like a, a gap in the snow. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we keep seeing that hinting at some sort of underground source of warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's when we hear some rustling and we see a shadow kind of run by and they go chasing after him. And, and it's. 
Javi, who's seem, seemingly gone pretty feral pretty yeah. quickly. The interesting thing about Javi's survival is it seems like he's been hanging around the cabin. It's not that he was like way off somewhere else. We think maybe. In a mine shaft. Which I mean, possibly, possibly also that. But it's not that, it seems that it's not that he's been away from the cabin because he couldn't find his way back. It seems like he's intentionally staying away. That he's like popping in maybe to take bear meat and a lantern. Mm -hmm. Right, because and... someone has been eating the bear meat. Mm -hmm. Yes, Javi has been eating the bear meat. But I we, think. Think it's, we think it's yeah. Javi, right? Yeah. Yep. In my head, he's been hiding like under the cabin or near the cabin mm -hmm. and watching them go completely feral right. and is like, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't like this. I'm going to hide out. And, and when they, they when they bring him back, Travis gives him a hug, a big mm -hmm. hug. And he's like, not hostile, but he's kind of limp, like not mm -hmm. super reactive to seeing yeah. his brother, which is like an unexpected. You would expect him to either kind of like be wild right having lived in the woods for right. however long and and like let the woods claim him or like <laughs> relief and you get neither which is again a very interesting choice mm -hmm. there's yeah. i've been seeing some speculation online that that's not javi that it's like a <laughs> magical manifestation and i i don't want to like you know like shoot down anybody's theories because people are having a good time but imagine this show being so ambiguous and being so like unwilling to give us a hard answer and then suddenly we find out that there's like a magical dark hobby running around in the woods yeah that feels like outside the scope and that's what i always want with like fantasy is like at least some parameters on it exactly. and that feels like a a like body and a magical body double <laughs> feels like that's something where i would be like we've uh we've jumped the shark in a plane yeah. that's about to explode <laughs> exactly it just feels like another show yeah like, yes yeah. and, and yes version. it feels like that breaks the rules of the magic that exactly. we've learned in a way that is like explosive not expansive mm -hmm. whereas yeah. like you thought you were watching this show psych it's this show exactly. rather right. than like this is how you were perceiving things but if you pull out or zoom in you see it's a little different this is just <laughs> right. like a complete um that would be like a complete element of narrative chaos to me yeah absolutely yeah like, like when we think about um the scene where we see jen like quote unquote have rabies yeah. right and like leaping at ben it doesn't make sense that suddenly she's turned into a demon but it certainly makes sense that he's so hungry yes that he's hallucinating and yeah. like hasn't eaten or slept Yep. So, exactly. yeah. Should we uh, jump to 2021? Because this is always what happens with Andrea and I. We just get so excited <laughs> that we talk sure. for yeah, two hours. Yeah, let's go to 2021. You have time to <laughs> uh, get um, out of here. Yes. I'm trying to think of the beginning. Of, what happened in the beginning of 2021 in this episode? So we start with Ty and Jess's apartment. Oh, yeah. Looking for the information on Van. Um, right. So and she sees herself. This is like two ties. Yes. Two ties in the apartment. And she's in Jess's apartment and she has the folder. She's in her car now, right, with the folder labeled Yellow Jackets. And we haven't seen Jess. Like, we don't know what became no. of her. We I'm just know sure she. She's we know dead. she nodded out and got into a low speed car accident. Yes. So, might be dead. I, might not be. The more I think about it, the more I think she's not dead because it's a big deal that Shauna has murdered someone and we don't feel the same way about Misty. And if Jess has died. Misty is also a murderer. And, and we're, we're just... also we're also getting news about Adam's death, right? Like yeah, the local news is like, yeah. this guy was murdered. Mm -hmm. And like, I think it would kind of, it would have hit Misty's Crime Stopper radar that like true. Jess, who was poisoned behind the wheel and right. crashed the car, has died of 
poison. Exactly. Right. Because you know she's on every police blotter yeah, within she would be like 20 miles. That, I think. That's true. That's true. So she may not be gone. Um, but we have but not yeah. seen her. No. No, we haven't. No, but the show very carefully shows Ty calling her last week and then in her apartment this week. And we don't know what happened in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Andrea and I have decided that she was driving from New Jersey to Ohio. Um, that's where we through, think Van. That's where we think Van is. is. Uh, sure. Makes she's sense. going west, right? That's she's what she going tells. West. She gets picked up. She runs out of gas because she's in a fugue state <laughs> and doesn't <laughs> fill up her car, and then gets picked up by a truck driver. She's also from Jersey, so she might not know how to pump her own gas. <laughs> that's so true. When she gets that's true. Past the state borders. That. And but fortunately, she's picked up by a truck driver from New Jersey who voted for yes. her. Yes. And so Go we ahead. talked about. I, somebody said, you know, how would she possibly? He, how would he possibly recognize a state senator from New Jersey? And I have to say. New Jerseyans and Rhode Islanders are very proud of their fucked up weird politicians and have a lot of attachment to them. And if my politician was um, a suspected cannibal that was in a plane crash, I would know exactly who she was. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. Especially if she's he's in he's in her jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. Which, totally. That's the least believable part of all this because i think we have 40 state senators um so <laughs> andrea looked it up and new jersey we're a very populated state but we're not a very large state sure so right. those are small you know yeah but small districts but this is a show that is really kind of like overwhelmed by coincidence in a lot of ways so this one i'm okay to i'm okay to roll yeah with. yeah and so he drives her west mm -hmm. yeah and that's basically the thaisa storyline until the very end right yes. she's yeah. in this truck with this guy who seems crude but not sinister right right For, he's Just got like chill. a horny pen he's the, <laughs> yes he's got the nudie pen I love classic it. trucker pen so funny. yeah exactly but yet he voted for like a progressive black lesbian yeah which yeah awesome i love Seems that like yeah that's pretty pie. much ty's yeah that's pretty much ty's whole arc is yep. just moving west yep um, um until until and then so we got shauna realize it shauna and jeff are making breakfast it's tense callie's like i'm staying at my friend's house alana's house shauna while out running errands finds sees alana's mother again another coincidence but like a very yep. believable coincidence right. in a small yep. town she's like no i haven't seen callie in months shauna snoops yes. realizes callie callie's been out fucking <laughs> or actually staying at home and fucking right because yeah. there's like a yeah yeah um and and <laughs> kidnaps her, takes her on a drive with no uh, cell service down to the Pine Barrens to murder her. Yeah, it seems. Yep, and then yeah, because she finds the license. Yeah, yes, she's she's found it. Yeah, a couple one episode or two episodes yeah. ago, right? Found it in the grill, and so Callie confronts Shauna. Goes, "Have you been? Where have you been staying?" And she's like, "Well, do you have anything you want to tell me?" And uh, <laughs> she's like, "Did you kill him?" And Shauna's like. Yeah, we killed yeah, him. I killed him. And your dad is mixed up in this too. He's been doing blackmail. And <laughs> and that, um, to like keep it on the Shauna storyline, right? Yeah. So that happens. Then Shauna and Jeff, that, that's kind of the last we see of Shauna till the end, more or less, yeah. right? And she and Jeff are cooking. And Shauna's like, I told Callie everything. She's cool with it. And Jeff is like, what the fuck? And then Callie's like, hey, can I help make dinner? I've been yeah. drinking in the park, but I don't want to do that anymore. And, it just... and it's like this eerie blue velvet suburbia, mm -hmm. right? That yeah. 
when they the, she's chopping the cucumbers and Jeff is like, I guess Shauna was right. Oh, and also Jeff says that police know about the affair right. because I heard Kevin yeah. at the gym. I overheard. I overheard. Everybody's lying to everybody. All the except, time. Yeah. yeah. Except let's tell our teenage daughter all of yep. it. Well, it's, yep. and it's, it's such a good example of Shauna doing Shauna stuff where it's like she didn't tell her because I don't get the impression she actually told her because she wanted to be honest with her daughter and thought her daughter deserved that she needs her daughter on her side she needs to make mm. sure that her daughter's not going to snitch um, yeah and Jeff is way more concerned he even says with protecting her yeah, yeah. but now they're all in it together so yep. that seems to have brought Callie some kind of like uns like like I don't know. I don't know how I think she feels in this scene. Um, she looked pretty fucked up by it at first. Definitely uh, fucked up by it, but less like uncertain and like, like it definitely, she feels like a sense of direction mm-hmm. that she hadn't had mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in, where she was just like avoiding the family, whether she's like, I've turned against my family secretly and I'm, I need to like keep them close. So I know what's going on. Or she's like, Oh, I, now I understand their fucked up dynamic and Mm -hmm. I'm a part of it. Like whatever, wherever she is on that spectrum, she's like, she feels purposeful. Mm -hmm. Right. And less like reactive and adrift. Yeah. Yeah. And Melanie Linsky in the scene where they're outside the car is just so fucking delightful. Oh, she's amazing. she refers back to her like she basically turns back into a teenager talking to her own teenager the way she's like her physicality in that moment is so good Mm -hmm. and the little like "Mm, no that's a lie too like she's had some really like real really cutting the emmy reel this episode and last episode (laughs) where she's got the gun at the chop shop yep have you ever pulled the skin off a human corpse (laughs) yeah Yeah. so good oh my god she's a legend um Um, yeah yeah and that's the shauna Mm -hmm. jeff Callie stuff mostly right mm-hmm. and then yeah and then we have misty and walter which is a little bit less and then yep. i think the lottie stuff is like pretty yeah. big misty, misty and walter are pursuing the purple people which i don't yes. i don't know that they they think that's lottie's cult right that's like that's what uh misty thinks she she's i think she's made the connection right I guess I, it hasn't been made explicit that she actually knows what she's I looking for. I have been for. assuming that all along, but I think you're right. I don't think she yeah. has said out loud, we're going to find my friend Lottie's cult. But right. what what is her connection with the purple people other than that? I she I Randy, maybe she doesn't know it's Lottie, but she knows it's who took Nat. Sorry. Yeah, Randy yes. told them that there had been a bunch of people in purple hanging right. around the hotel when yep. Nat yes. disappeared. They right, have right, her right. address because they used the credit a credit card. card in the soda machine. Right. So they Walter... might not know it's Lottie. Yeah. I didn't even but, think about that. Wow. But they yeah. know, she knows it's who took Nat. Because yes. who is the person? This is something I've forgotten. I haven't looked to check. Who's the person at the end of episode 10 of season one that's like, who's Lottie? Right? Oh, that was Nat's sponsor. Got it. She had okay. bribed or, or blackmailed into yep. um, getting Travis's bankruptcy. Yes, of course. Why have I watched this show so many times? Um, <laughs> no, but that makes sense because I was like, someone knows it's Lottie. Yeah. But it was just yeah. Nat's sponsor who's like out of the picture mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Yeah. And we see Misty and Walter as like kind of two sides of the same fucked up yeah. broken coin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Play, they... play show tunes in the car. Yeah. Play show tunes in the car. 
Misty kind of freaks out and asks if he's like, oh, you're one of those like fucked up Yellow Jackets um, obsessives. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. no, I just also love musicals. And then when you get we get to the end of the episode where they're staying in adjacent rooms at a bed and breakfast near where Lottie's compound is, they are um, they're doing they have the exact same weird hotel room routine right of, of like i loved it both yeah. of which they learned from listening to true crime podcasts yes. obsessively yes it's, they're both putting the playing. remote control in a plastic bag yep and, yeah they're checking for bugs they're yep. so fun to watch i could watch a show that is just the two of them yeah this walter is an example of i've the thing that i think a lot of people wrestle with with the show is that like who really is on the surface what they say and who isn't and who's hiding more and i so desperately want walter to be what he's claiming to be with misty we learned that he's a millionaire because he got hit in the head yeah. <laughs> um and i scaffolding accident i just want this to be genuine i don't know yet if i think that it, it is someone pointed this out to me on twitter and apologies if it was you andrea <laughs> but someone pointed out because i was like i think jeff is about to do something like stupid that imperils them and someone was like the men in this show no, that might have are me. like are like benign yeah like they're very surface level mm-hmm. yeah like jet other than the blackmail mm-hmm. right which was like not an actual attempt to harm right. the Sean, it was like it's what i think a stay at not a stay-at-home dad it's what i think a suburban dad might resort to like i think yeah. it's, it's an action that makes sense sort of but they're not they're not um malicious mm-hmm. actors no. they're not like they're not manipulative. Yeah. Again, yeah. the, the blackmail so being a big exception. Right. But it's right. like Ben doesn't mean any harm. Like Travis doesn't mean any harm. Like yeah. they, they have they have disagreements and like um, emotional reactions. But Travis like so far hasn't schemed against the Yellow right. Jackets right. or no. Nat. And um and it, and it feel and like this truck driver, which is like a perilous yeah. situation, right? That didn't turn out to be danger like yeah. it was like exactly what he said he was like i'm just a guy and like you know maybe he's gonna report after but like mm-hmm. he's not doing this to like imperil thaisa's life right. in that moment yeah so far the most dangerous thing on the show that we know for sure are the women on this show which i yeah. i love i love that so and much. adam right we think adam adam is like kind of the guy he said he was he's like a weird artist who just like mm-hmm. wanted to hook up with this like <laughs> milf i guess yeah. exactly. the, the technical yeah. term <laughs> Yeah. Well, and like, I think that the show is purposely playing with that too. Totally. And putting us in situations where we're suspicious of the man, mm-hmm. yes. you know, like the truck or Adam or all of that. And they're like playing with the expectation that of course the man is going to be, have sort of suspicious motives and be manipulative. And then it's not, it's the woman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's even, it's like, like you said, nobody is as much of a danger to this group as they are to themselves mm-hmm, and each exactly. other at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think, like, gets shown over and over again, where, like, Shauna continually, like, overpowers and intimidates men. And, like, it, it just, yeah. So I, I feel like, not that Walter is always going to be on her side, but I don't think he's, I don't know that he's scheming against her yet. Right. Right. Maybe he is, though. Maybe he knows that, maybe he really thinks that she killed Adam. But... I don't know. Yeah. Well, they, it's possible. Yeah. There's one one little note about Misty and Walter, and then I think we should um, finish up with with Nat and Lottie. Yeah. Is that when they do leave names, it's a fun little thing. But when they leave their names at the B and B that they stay at, um, they both leave pseudonyms that are. Um, so she leaves Agatha Christie's like 
when you know when she became a, a lady malawan um mm-hmm. based on her like uh her husband and then john lang is michael crichton's pen name that oh he's, that's funny yeah so the, of course of course they both do the same kind of thing but the thing that is is interesting to me about him choosing john john lang is that it's an author's pseudonym or pen name that apparently michael crichton chose because he didn't want his patients to worry that he would use them in his stories oh interesting Hmm. and so his you know kind of like following misty around and tying himself to her kind of like scandalous story i think is uh -hmm. there's something about that that i just want us all to kind of put a little pin in just in case yeah um Um, so the it's the the last story is the the nat lottie and lisa lisa I so, love I love Nat and Lisa so much together. This makes me so happy. And this is Nat is in Lottie's house at the compound and is sulking. Like, is like, I need your key. That shot is so funny. The reverse <laughs> shot where you just see her in the doorway yeah. and lurking is so funny. And We've talked like, about Nat's or Juliette Lewis's physicality in this so yeah. much already, but it is incredible. Her choices are unreal. It's really funny and, and like really effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's like, I need your keys. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then she, she gives them to her. Yeah. She gives it to her to go to take Lisa to the farmer's market yeah. to sell honey. And yes. she's like, let Lisa drive. She doesn't get to very often and she needs to practice. <laughs> yeah. So Lisa, like, why? Well, because driving, she, doesn't, she doesn't. She wants Nat to think she trusts her. And yep. if someone else is driving, Lisa's not going to. I think her hope is that at, le- at the very least, Nat won't like drive away with Lisa forever. Mm-hmm. And, mm. uh, and Lisa. They're chatting about like what is choice and what is compulsion on the mm-hmm. compound. What are the rules? So I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can leave for as long as I want. Well, why is that a rule? And then they. Right. Lisa takes Nat to her mother's house, Lisa's mother's house, to visit her goldfish. The fourteenth um, gilly. Fourteenth gilly. Is that fourteenth gilly? Fourteenth gilly. This and, one's uh, gonna make it. <laughs> yep. And she. It gets very tense very quickly. Lisa's mom is very worried about her with good reason. She thinks she's back for good. Lisa's like, no, I'm just visiting. I'm allowed to visit. And she's like, you're off yeah. your meds. And she's like, it's better that way. And uh, meanwhile, we see Lottie going to her psychiatrist's office five weeks early, yeah. begging for to up the dosage of yeah. her meds because she's having hallucinations again. Visions. Yeah, and her terrible psychiatrist. That her uh, psychiatrist. Yeah, this is, is the first just, time uh, where I'm like, maybe the missing. people on Reddit are right because what do you? Your psychiatrist. It's not your psychiatrist. Is not going to go on sabbatical and not tell you. You're a good psychiatrist. Is not going to tell you to lean into your hallucinations. That's all yeah. I'll say about that scene. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but that's malpractice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So so yeah. So we have that parallel. Lisa stands up to her mother, and leaves. Nat yeah. does the most hilarious thing. And speaking of her physicality, yeah, <laughs> and steals spits out the goldfish. She could have taken the bowl. She could yep. have, but yep. no. Yeah, but uh, she that would have been easier. Apparently, picked up the bowl, <laughs> or scooped out the goldfish, put it in her mouth, <laughs> spit it out into like a water bottle full of really clean water. Thought about the the process of getting so the fish into funny. her mouth. Such a yeah. wild decision. Such an so impulsive funny. decision to make. Right. I think. Um, but then the two of them have a really touching conversation at the bar. It's a very like Nat has been in rehab um, and probably Alcoholics Anonymous and is very like giving her the kind of like one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems it's to... a very sponsor sponsor. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... And then she and then they flip it at the end. 
because Nat has a shot in front of her mm-hmm. and Lisa goes, well, do you want to kill yourself? Because that's what Nat was talking right. about. He said, when I found you, you had a gun in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Do you still want to kill yeah. yourself? And she goes, not today. And then <laughs> slides the shot back across the bar yeah, uh, away from her. Um, I know. Oh, I love them together mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. I've seen speculation like, oh, you know, Nat's Lisa's mom and blah, blah, blah. And I, I think it can be enough that they are like these sort of op- like not opposite sides of the coin, but just so similar in mm-hmm. some of their yeah. life experiences. I hope that's not the case. So I will say it does um, maybe explain a little bit or it makes interesting a little bit. The scene from last week, uh, Jody, that you and I hated when Travis and Nat are having sex and. Uh, he sort of like has a vision of a golden glow Lottie kind of blessing their union. And so if yeah, that, that did was... get, it seems unlikely that anybody could get pregnant out there for all of the reasons uh, that yeah. are happening out there. But if it's because their union was blessed by Lottie, who then brings Lisa and Nat back together. That, again, that feels like yeah, I don't slightly like different right, show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I keep leaning towards people with similar kinds of trauma tend to be drawn together. And I think it's, and, it's much more satisfying if that's what it is with these two. Yeah. And, they help keep, but, yeah. and on both timelines, it kind of feels like inch by inch, Nat and Lottie are being drawn together. Mm-hmm. Like they don't mm-hmm. see eye to eye on stuff. They don't, uh, they have like real different views of the world and methodologies for how to navigate it. But there is something where like they can't deny that the thing the other one does is at least equally effective. Right. right? right. Like Lottie is not in as good mental health as she portrays. A- mm-hmm. And so she's like closer to Nat, who's like openly really struggling a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. And then the both kinds of hunting were like equally fruitless in that moment right like they both lost and so i think like there's this sense where like maybe we think like lottie is this this supernatural blessed or like hyper capable figure and nat is like really always kind of tumbling down a hill um but there's really more similarities. Although, going back two episodes, I think, I don't trust Lottie's account of what happened to Travis. Oh, no. no neither no. do I. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think, think that's going to drive them back apart, ultimately. Yeah, definitely. But I think, like, we actually see, like, a physical manifestation of that in the tub scene. Going back yes. to 96 yeah, real yeah, quick, yeah. where, like, Matt mm-hmm. and Lottie are kind of, like, having that good game handshake moment yeah. of, like, you know, they're physically bringing them back together. Exactly. Yes. And I kind of think that's what's happening on this timeline, too, where, like, I think Nat seeing um, Lisa with her mother and is like, oh, this, like, absolutely bonkers compound that Lottie runs does seem to be having some kind of stabilizing (laughs) effect through, like, maybe not mysticism, but, like, homeopathy and, like, alternative to Western medicine. And also just removing her from a pretty toxic household. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, And I think the fact to you know you mentioned the mysticism there it's something that is pretty clear this week that i wasn't sure would be the case is that the community itself isn't really steeped in that that's something that's like very like lottie's thing like when she goes so like the blood go, offering at the stump yeah and at all the very of that end. yeah this yeah. isn't like a group of people who think that it doesn't seem like they're all making blood offerings every week. Like this is something no. Lottie has selling honey in a farmer's market. Exactly. Not done in a very long time. She's back. But, her... but they did 
bury the guy as like like That's, there's a yeah. lot of the elements of this kind of like occult supernatural mm-hmm. with just the occultness taken away. It's like church without God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. kind of playing at it. Feels like, mm-hmm. um, except now Lottie is back in her office, yes. um, and she's going through gratitude entries, <laughs> and um, finds the Queen of Hearts. Finds the Queen of Hearts, which we still don't really know what it is, but we think it's yeah. associated with with sacrifice and stuff in the wilderness. Um, she's obviously distressed by it. Yep. And we see her walk back out into a more secluded part of the the camp or whatever. And she kneels down at another one of those stumps. <laughs> it's another um, that a kind of holdover from the wilderness. And she cuts her palm and and yeah. She says, "Can this just be enough? enough yeah. Please. Can this just be enough?" And there was, oh, I think the, the other important Lottie thing is, like, as an adult, she is, like, actively resisting yes. the supernatural, right? Like, it, this isn't, she's not there because she's like, oh, I have visions and this is what, like you were saying, yeah. this, this is what makes me a good spiritual leader. She's like, she says to the, the assistant psychiatrist, <laughs> she's like... I the last time this happened it was really bad and it it like fucked up shit happened yeah. and I can't let it happen again like this is it's not productive it's not good yeah. and like whether or not she like fully believes that it's not real she's like I can't let this happen again because it is such a destructive force right yeah. right yeah no for sure I also thought it was just interesting that this is me being like on reddit too much but she's walking down those stairs with the two um with the lights on either side mm-hmm. of it and it very much looked like the one of the underground hallucination scenes that oh. she had earlier in season one interesting yeah and then there's the there's only one more thing which is Taisa <gasps> is traveling west to find van while you were she, streaming. While you were streaming her video <laughs> rental service or video rental business it's our girl sandy never fails <laughs> to delight me yeah and she she finds van there and she's like van and she recognizes her right she's like ty and that's kind of all we get uh, of that fusses with her hair a little bit before mm. she walks yes. in and my heart breaks mm-hmm. it is yes. yep. she just even uh, just what was the music playing when she went i remember being like clocking it being like yeah this is she... this is the right music for a, a lesbian analog <laughs> video rental oh, uh, so establishment perfect. It um, says it's um it's the the people who actually write the music for the show. It's called Not a Game. So oh, okay. It's a Quag, hmm. uh, Maybe Craig I was Wedger thinking of a different moment then. But it, was it, it Angst it, in My Pants, the Spark song for Misty and uh, mm-hmm. Walter? Oh, that that's was funny. Very good. That was so good. But they this was this is the one moment the 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 one thing about season one that kind of like lingeringly and enduringly I'm like come on is that they. The holding, the hiding the ball thing is that, like, there's so little talk about the other living or possibly living yellow jackets Mm -hmm, in a way that it feels like by the end of the season, when they're like in full frenzy considering every possibility, it seems like someone would be like, Has anyone talked to Van? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Exactly. And like, her name just doesn't get brought up and like they mentioned Lottie very briefly to be like, The last I heard, she was in an institution. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just feels like that's the thing that feels like part partly like you reveal the story bit by bit. But that was one little thing that I found very frustrating mm-hmm. is that they like it feels like they that the three, four yellow jackets that are like in communication have an awareness that there are other yellow jackets out there and then do not 
loop them into whatever's happening. Right. And maybe we'll learn now why. Maybe Van is like, if you ever contact me again, I'll <laughs> kill you and myself or whatever. But like, it does feel, I am. I was like, nobody's mentioning them while yeah. someone is contacting all of you for well, blackmail reasons. Yeah, that's the thing is because I, I know that I, my guess the practical reason for not showing them is you want to make sure you save some decisions. Like if for you sure. say where everybody is, but you can still talk around it. And that, that is really interesting. But this reveal yeah. of Van though, paid it's off great. for me so, so great. much and and i love all of it when it happens but i still am like nobody's said van yeah. in the pr- present timeline and that I just know. feels so weird to me yeah that like it, the and the again like you said the only reason is to save that reveal which is great yeah but, but you could still say like I hey what's up with van yeah and then have Thaisa lie right right yeah exactly yeah I do uh, think, though, that there is something to what you said, Josh, about how, like, maybe Vad was like, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, this, I am I am going to live my quiet little, like, you know, country lesbian life in some little town in Ohio yeah. and rent videos, and I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Totally. Yeah. Like, she see, I think that is a kind of decision, right? Like, to show her renting videos is like I am off the grid. Mm-hmm. I don't participate in the internet. Yes. Um is like a very it's like she's like living an analog life. Yeah. And, so, and the flip side of that is also being stuck in mm-hmm. a time that, you know, is yeah. no longer and refusing yeah. to leave it. Totally. Yeah. For sure. Right. While you're streaming is a very nineties reference. Mm-hmm. And it's um, a reference to Vans, you know, our girl Sandy speech in, in season, season one, one around the geez. fire. Yeah recounting the entire plot of the movie yeah 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 um well thank you for for having me this was really fun uh i hope i didn't yammer too much i know it was a goddamn delight no this was yeah so fun it was so Um, happy to have you here anything you want to let folks know you got coming up where they can find you all that good stuff I have a ton of tour dates coming up. Um, Philly, which is not New Jersey, but it's close. It's so close. Um, That's where I am right now. I will see you there. Oh, hell yeah. Um, In in May, I'm going to Wilmington, North Carolina this week. Um, Then Philly and Spokane and Seattle in May. And then just like all over the place. Midwest in May and June. uh, Cincinnati, uh, St. Louis, Indianapolis, oh, Kansas City, all over the place. You were yeah, kidding. Southeast in August, uh, California d- uh, down up and down California in July. Um, you can find that all on joshgondelman.com Which I'll link to in schedule. the schedule notes. Um, and then I have a special called People Pleaser that in the United States you can watch for free on YouTube. And then I do. If you're curious about anything, if you're like, what's this guy up to? Normally, <laughs> um, you don't have to surveil me um, in a in a Crime Stoppers <laughs> in fact, message board don't. style. <laughs> I, I have a weekly newsletter called That's Marvelous. Which that is I, delightful, yeah, by the way. Absolutely joy. Yes. It's full of pep talks. I am a subscriber. I, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yes. I send it out every Monday morning, question mark. And <laughs> uh, and that has upcoming tour dates and links to like podcast appearances and uh, general things I'm, I'm up to, stuff I've been writing. Uh, and I wrote on the, the most recent season of Mrs. Maisel. <gasps> Amazing. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's so, you're season. everywhere. Yeah, I'm. I, Except it's New annoying. England, Josh. When are you coming back? I know. <laughs> um, Providence too is like one that I'm. I'm trying to. Everybody do. skips Providence when they go to Boston, and it's I'm so just like, close. Is the problem? It's so close, and but I think but there's such a good community here. I know. I really like Providence. I my yeah. worry is just that like, and I don't think this is even valid. But my worry is that the people who would have come to see me in Providence have come to, uh, would have come to 
Boston. And, a lot and of us are way too lazy. I love that. <laughs> I respect that. it. Yeah. So. Um, very New England. Like, I'm not going to take a 35-minute <laughs> train ride. I I respect it. Again, it's um a lot of respect to, like, New England uh, localism. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're, we're very uh, sort of provincial in that love way. It. Yeah, I respect it. Well, yeah. um, well thank you so much thank for having you, me. So, this so was much. such a joy. Can't wait to see how the season yeah. unfolds. It's been a delight. I, yeah, thank you I, again. Me too. Thank you. Okay, so we had to let um, Josh on his very way because not everybody spends three hours <laughs> a week talking about the um, uh, most recent episode of Yellow Jackets. Yes, but we would like to to thank Josh for his time and insight and uh, for being our first official guest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely delightful. And I think so we fun and so smart and yes. so thoughtful about the show, which I, I figured he would be. And also we got through our recap in an hour, which we've never done before. So but let's ruin that by <laughs> going back. And I think there are a couple of little loose ends we'd like to make sure we address. Yeah, it's the first thing is, I think for you, Jody, we have talked every week since this show started about how excited you were as a person to uh-huh. have Lauren Ambrose on your on your screen again. So I'd like to give you a moment if you'd like. Just, just to, to wax poetic about yeah. how much I love Lauren Ambrose. Exactly. Um, so it has been alluded to on this podcast that I am an artist. Um, I also am started as a photographer. Um, and Claire on Six Feet Under was just a very important character to me, <laughs> similar age, similar. Uh, I did not live in a funeral home, but uh, I did have an ill father. Um, and I just, I really, really related hard to Claire and her teen angst and her uh, sort of dealing with her teen angst through art and questionable men. And like, I just was so, she could not be more perfect for this role. And the fact that she watched season one and really loved the show and then got to be a part of it. Like she's brought that up in interviews. Um, I wish we had more of her this season. I wish we'd gotten introduced to her earlier, although I understand why we weren't. Um, But I do think, so one thing that I found out from watching an interview with um, Tawny Cypress, who one day we will get on this podcast. I'm obsessed. I can't, (laughs) she's, she's like my, my Mount Rushmore. My Mount Rushmore for this show is Tawny, mm-hmm. Hanif Abdurakim, Josh Gondelman. So we've got we've got we one. got one of them. I think they're I my they're my big three. I have a few others, but they're yeah. the ones who like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously but, anybody from the show, but I just think Tawny would. I think we would vibe with her big time. Well, and we'd all end up sounding extremely jersey by the end of it how horrific for our listeners i know but so the thing that i the reason i brought that up was just because i watched an interview with her recently where she said that in her mind she and van ty and van not tawny ty and van stayed together for a bit after they left the wilderness now that's not something she's confirming is kind of for the show that's just how she's approaching i believe so yeah but i mean she knows at least what happens in this season, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that we're seeing this split between the two of them really develop in um, Van being so drawn to Lottie and Lottie's um, sort of mysticism. And we're seeing that divide really kind of deepen between them, I think, through Van seemingly kind of like pushing her agenda onto mm-hmm. Ty with 
the symbol and the words yeah, and stuff. We talked about that a little bit with Josh, and yeah. I do think it is there. It is kind of I love Van, but it is a little problematic that she yeah. is just. I mean, this is like, not something that Ty is like necessarily comfortable with. Exactly. Um, but that comment made me think that whatever divisions are brewing they're not going to fully drive them apart in the woods, at least right. not that we know of, or not that Tawny knows of at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that bears out, but at least I think it tells us that this season, we're not going to see them like stop speaking to each other or anything. And I mean, you know, if you're trapped in the woods with a person <laughs> that you love, just like you just kind of got to make it work. Yeah. I think, um, and I, I think it would be a kind of, um, cruelty that are that the viewers don't need to have to watch these two yeah. on top of everything else deal with a breakup out in the woods yeah yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting to see especially when as we've said i i get the feeling that ty is going to come back and really want to pretend like her life can just pick back up where it left off and yeah. i don't get the impression that van is will be of the same mindset so i could see once they get back they're the different ways the two of them deal with it really being the thing that drives them apart. Yeah. And I mean, it also, if, if you, if we can remember back to being that age, when they get back from the woods, they're probably 19. Right. Then. Yeah. You know, wow. you go off to college. We know that Ty did that. Like mm-hmm. life stuff starts to happen. You're not in this really intense situation anymore. And, it could just be that like their lives didn't align anymore in that way as well. I mean, when you've gone through something so tragic with someone, you either are like permanently bonded for life and have to like stay in that space or you have to really get away from that person. Yeah, right, right, exactly. To really be able to move on at all. So, but I loved, I mean- my favorite part of this episode was probably seeing just that little glimpse of Van's shop um, because it's just so, it's so perfect. It's... And that moment when Ty fixes her hair that you, <sighs> that you notice, I love that too. Um, also Lauren Ambrose face. She's another, she's another face actor. Mm-hmm. She, every emotion washes over her in that moment to the point where I don't know how she's going to respond to Ty. She didn't look thrilled. No, no, but she did. But it's hard to say she seemed, you know, it's like fight, flight or uh, freeze. freeze or fawn. I think or it's fawn. Like, yeah. Um, but I, I, I get the feeling that she kind of cycled through all of those in her head. And it's at the moment is landed on kind of freezing. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see what actually happens. Um, yeah. Reddit has has made a lot of this. I know everybody's already had plenty of time to talk about it, but do we want to talk a little bit about those movies? <laughs> I mean, I think just the fact the the combination is it's what makes so it magical. Funny. The combination of Bound, Wayne's World, Mean Girls, Into the Wild, Footloose, <laughs> Varsity Blues, and Train Spotting. This like... is the show having a fun time with us, right? Like, I think people. It seems like people are trying to make a lot of like what messages Van is communicating. And I don't right. know that that really matters that much here. <laughs> no, I think it's just so, like, it's so representative of the time and also, like, just funnily descriptive of yeah. their lives, right? Yeah. Like, we talked at the beginning with Josh about the tone of the show and how it goes back and forth between, like, super serious and horrific and 
trauma-based and also is silly and campy. And so it's like, yes, Wayne's World exists in the same universe as Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. Like it's all it's all of a piece of their experience. Right. You know, as does Bound, as does Mean Girls. Like it's all it's all little pieces of that experience. It's so I think the it's not the funniest movie in the bunch, but when I saw Bound front like right at the top, I think it's the yeah. first one in the list, I laughed out loud. Like yeah. the gay nineties movie. Yeah. <laughs> like the lesbian nineties movie. I should be very specific because exactly. that matters. Yeah. So funny. I know. And it, you know, it's all little pieces of who who Van is and was. Um I don't know that it's doing any future casting in any way, but I do think that everything that we're seeing of Van so far in this tiny little snippet, she's either trapped in the past, has chosen to live in the past, like, or is just fully removing herself from modern life because of maybe the fame of the yellow jackets, like, you know, the fact that it's, it's, there's like a be kind rewind. So I worked in a video store. So yeah, did so you. did I. Like, yep. you know, again, the show made just weirdly for specifically for the two of us. I mean, I worked at a video store called Empire Video. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Yeah. It was not as cool as that record store. <laughs> no, um, no, nothing is as cool as Empire Records, but it's okay. But so, yeah, the movies I think are just meant to give us a little, you know, reminder of everything they've been through through the lens of cinema Mm -hmm. in some ways um but yeah i don't have a whole lot more to say about van and ty i can't wait to see them interact with each other i will say i hope it goes it's not gonna go well but i I just i hope there's some tenderness there for me i need that so i don't know if i should say this then because did you watch the interview i sent you with tani no okay not yet let's let's leave a little spoiler tag here if you don't want to hear what tawny said about van and ty's interactions it was it was vague but i think it it gives a direction um so skip over like a minute but basically in that interview that i watched tawny said that the only thing she could say about her interactions the interactions between van and ty in the present timeline is we're gonna get the scene that we want so i don't know i mean Tawny's a queer woman. Um, she knows what I we think want. She's, Tawny I think knows she, I what think we, we want. I think she knows what what her audience is looking for. So I do think that they are going to reconnect in some way. Um, so I don't know. I Somebody said, I hope that that scene includes um, pretzels in a carriage in the park. Because remember, that's what Van says. She wanted to go to New York City and take a carriage ride (laughs) and eat pretzels in the carriage. It's important for us to remember that Ty's wife is back in Jersey in a coma, though. So I do want to temper our kind of rose-colored glasses with with this. But And she's in a coma because we think that bad Ty or other Ty, like you know, didn't turn away from an accident or turned into one on purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Sammy's having a home alone situation. That's right. Setting up obstacles for robbers. And other time, maybe. Yeah. Um. Oh, one other thing I just wanted to mention. We didn't talk at all about Akila. She's like kind of a small oh, piece of this. Oh my God, yeah. But, it's... but I think in the past couple of episodes, so we have seen... mouse. Chekhov's mouse, yes. But we have seen Akila as the one in the group that is still pretty tied to home. 
like she's studying for the SAT. Yeah. She mentions that when they get back, she's still going to be a junior and is going to have to take the SAT. She Mm -hmm. mentions her sister's kid and how she's an aunt and she misses him. And like, she's the only person that I remember hearing talk about home or going home or seeing home again in this situation that they're in. And I think that that maybe doesn't bode well for Aquila's survival. I was just trying to think if anybody else has. And Jackie mentions really wanting a cheesesteak at one point yeah. and we know how things ended up for jackie he became and, the cheesesteak yeah yeah and akila finding she goes looking for the dripping sound with mari and she finds this little mouse and immediately saves it and or and saves it and immediately knows she doesn't want the other girls to know about the mouse i don't know that she's worried that they're gonna eat it because what well, i don't know what that's gonna like but so but she feels protective of it for sure yeah and I've mentioned the show alone on this uh, podcast before, mm-hmm. but the folks on alone eat a lot of mice. Um, they're they're not very filling. They don't have a lot of calories, but it's something. Right. And right. so and if the... Aquila was fully in survival mode and in, I don't know how long I'm going to have to be out here mode. If she didn't share that mouse, she would have at least eaten the mouse. Oh, that's really interesting. I was, yeah. Um, I the think... mouse split like, you know right 12 ways is nothing but yeah i was thinking know. of it where like she's worried that the girls are gonna take it from her to eat it as opposed to it being a symbol of like the fact that she's not eating it is telling us um, she's not fully but either like, way the yeah, yeah where we're learning that here and um what a way to endear us to a character we haven't spent much time with which makes me nervous yeah um yeah. I'm less annoyed. I think a lot of people seem to be annoyed with the like sudden introduction of characters that we've mm-hmm. not um, spent any time with before. And I don't know if it's just because I've, I don't know if it's because I haven't watched as much TV as most people lately, even though I do really love it. I just, I haven't watched, you know, you and Josh talked about a couple of shows that I've not seen at all. Mm. Um, so I'm just used to like, episodic television where like i don't know sometimes characters show up who and we just pretend they've been there though i like i just yeah. i'm not ha- i'm not struggling with this um, i don't have a real problem with it either i think if they had immediately gone into some super dramatic plot involving like jen or right one they're of the just other kind of reminding actors, us like hey these people still are here, here so start start thinking about them i think that's yeah okay. it's they haven't like taken them from zero to 60 it's kind of like they're still there they're just a little bit more visible and Aquila was present in the first season and had a few lines at least and was a character that we knew about so having Aquila get developed a little further makes sense mm-hmm. um yeah so I don't it doesn't bother me partly for that reason it's like that you know they're background characters that we're just starting to see a little bit more and I think they're slowly gonna become more a part of it instead of like all of a sudden, I think part of the reason people reacted that way, I think, is because of the cheekiness of the initial um, moment where we saw them all sitting together. Mm-hmm. And it was this sort of like, hey, yeah. we've been yeah. here all along. Yeah. Yeah. It was like this little cheesy moment to acknowledge what they were doing, right. which I thought was funny. Yeah. But I think it also was maybe a little jarring for people. I could see that. All right. Yeah, but they kind of then went to, I think, well, what their plan was all along, which was to slowly bring them in more. And I think some people are starting to get bored of certain characters' stories in the present. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think, and, and I sort of get it, like, um, 
I think Shauna in particular, people are, are starting to tire of the, the back and forth there with this. Um, I'm still invested and I'm still mm-hmm. curious to see how that plays out. But if we're and I'm not saying that we're going to suddenly have Akila in our 2021 having her own storyline. That's not what I mean. But, right. But if we want new things to happen, we have to introduce new elements yeah, like Lisa. Like, yeah, for example, yep. You know, Lisa in 2021, I think, is a great addition to the story because she I like reflects so much. back at other at the characters' parts mm-hmm. of their character, exactly. right? Like, she, to me, actually, this came from our conversation with Josh. It started me thinking about how, because he was talking about how Nat and Lottie are kind of being drawn together mm-hmm. in a way in the present and in the past. And Lisa in the present is a little bit Nat and a little bit Lottie. Yeah, yeah. Like, she subscribes to Lottie's sort of um mysticism or whatever you want to call it um healing practices but she also has the like suicidality and the um sort of fucked up mom relationship it seems like <laughs> and it's that... just more i guess i guess Lottie is vexed too as we're learning but more outwardly yeah so is there anything else that's um on your on your plate for uh yellow jackets episode four old wounds that we want to talk about are we ready to wrap it up i don't think so i i just i do want to kind of put a pin in this game in the woods this this uh competition Mm -hmm. thinking that it may be some foreshadowing um as with all of the references to cards that we've been getting Mm. like they're they're ramping up the card references like at one point in the show um, I think it's Crystal is just holding a six of hearts and Crystal mm-hmm. and Misty are playing cards together like and the queen of hearts. It's just we're going to get some sort of like explanation of all of this kind of soon, I think. And watching sort of Misty refereeing this competition between that and Lottie in the woods where they have to go out and like come back with game. I just I think that we're getting some groundwork laid for whatever whatever hunt we may have seen in episode one of season one Mm -hmm. so that's it that's what i've got yeah i'm I'm really excited to see as i am every week to see where things go Mm -hmm. um i i just i have something to plug i don't i feel like i don't do that that often but i have something that i'm really excited about that i want to share um uh listeners know left of the dial my other podcast which jody was a recent guest on that and in that episode we talked about a band that I really love, Screaming Females, mm-hmm. um, who are a Jersey band and who aren't a '90s Jersey band, but are very like uh, influenced, I would say, by the sound of the '90s. And uh, they're just one of the best bands for real. And um, they're playing a show in Baltimore at a venue called Auto Bar, which is one of the best venues in the country, on April 23rd, which sounds like it doesn't matter to anybody unless you're in Baltimore, but Left of the Dial is going to be there live streaming it. So we're going to bring our camera crew who are incredible. Um, You can see some of the stuff we've shot over at leftofthedial.fm if you want to make sure it's worth spending your money on. But I promise it will be. Uh, We have, like I said, a really incredible camera crew who kind of specialize in shooting live music in venues like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can get tickets. You can get them at leftofthedial.fm. And I I think probably at Screaming Females website as well. Uh, Links will be all over my social media and Left of the Dial. Um, I've said it already on this episode one of the best bands in the world marissa um their front person is like one of the greatest living guitar players that's not me being hyperbolic she just is yeah. the best um we've worked with them before and like i said autobar is a venue that is an incredible venue and it's one that we've shot in before so it's just going to be a really really uh fantastic show i think um nice. yeah and if you 
like the music of Yellow Jackets and you're not a fan of screaming females, it's probably mm. just because you haven't checked them out yet. Yes. <laughs> so like check yes. them out. That is a true statement. The new album Desire Pathway is um, so far my record of the year for 2023. And I think it's going to be difficult for anything to unseat it. And mm -hmm. that's saying something because Fall Out Boy put a new album out this year and they're my <laughs> favorite band. Don't let that... Uh, uh, tint how you yeah. see my opinion on uh, screaming females. Um, yeah, yeah. Left of the dial .fm. Find us on Twitter. Left of the dial PC or Instagram. Left of the dial FM. I'll drop a link in the show notes. But I promise it's going to be a really cool show. So if you're looking for something to do on the night of the twenty third, that's uh, that's this Sunday. Um, yeah, check it out. Very soon. That's all I got. Cool, Jody. You want to uh, take us home? I got. I got no plugs. Uh, <laughs> So uh, follow us on WatchersPodNJ on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Andrea puts together fun little clips yeah. uh, of our our moments. And uh, you can follow me uh, if you are interested in weird arty things um, at cool Jody underscore Mim on Instagram. Things. Yeah, I make stuff. Uh, I don't know how to explain it and I don't want to. So just go <laughs> I to Instagram. That. I'm at AQ Andrea Q on everything. Uh, the AQ does not stand for Antler Queen, but it Yet. could. It could. Um, also, thank you so much to people who've been listening and liking the show. Uh, yeah. You've all we've been. We've gotten some nice feedback on like Reddit and we, we appreciate y'all. We're just kind of doing this because we want to, not because anyone's paying us. So <laughs> exactly. Nice to hear good feedback. Yeah. And I, I say it every week, but if you do like the show, um, it would be so nice and we'd be so thankful if you'd head on over to your podcatcher of choice that you're listening to us right now and leave us a little review. It doesn't have to be a long one. If you drop yeah. in what songs, like I said, um, you're still hoping to hear in the show or maybe what 90s artists you want to hear tackle the um, tackle no return. Mm. We'll, we'll share those. Um, like I said, Screaming Females isn't a 90s band, but they were the first ones I thought of. They would crush a cover of. Um, yes, they would. Of no return. Yes, they would. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your frenemies. Tell your frenemies. Yes. I mean, perfect for this show. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we will see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>